Really? <laughs> Kalan and Globus is the apple. That's a dystopia. It's it's a stupidia. <laughs> Radio Drone. Thursday nights are always a huge dystopia, which is the opposite of a utopia whenever you are listening to Radio Drone. I am Josh Hadley. With me is Cecil Robot. Uh, yeah. Fine. Be like that. You've been like that a lot lately. We're going to have a talk after the show. Oh, dear. Alex Jowski. Hey. You know what? You two are no fun. Do the Adam and Eve promo. You do it. <laughs> Cecil? Oh, what, I do it? Yeah, he's being a dick. Oh, I thought I was saying you do it. Why don't you do it? Because I'm the one that controls the edit, and I'll just edit you out of this show. You do it. Uh, All right. Uh, We're going to play those games. Um, If you go to adamandeve.com and enter the promo code DROME, you'll get 50% off a single item, three free... Oh, wait. Free shipping in the U.S., three free DVDs, and a free mystery gift. That is adamandeve.com, promo code DROME. Yes, have some. I have a feeling we're going to be going way off topic, but the topic is going to be dystopia films. Now, the reason I think we're going to be going off topic is even the definition of a, of a dystopia, we can bring a lot of different subgenres into this that all qualify, which is kind of weird. But dystopia means a society that is in some important way undesirable or frightening, the exact opposite of a utopia. That said, alien invasion movies could be dystopian, post-apocalyptic movies, virus-on-the-run movies. Do you see how this is kind of, in a way, a lot broader topic than we initially might have thought? Well, no, I I knew exactly going into this. Remember, like, two years ago, I did an entire month on dystopia. I got all dystopia out on that. So I know everything that's under dystopian suns. I think that even though dystopia is an umbrella that covers so many different things, when you bring up the word dystopia and you talk about dystopian movies, it does narrow it down for the most part initially what you think of. So it's like, yes, all those things are true. It does cover alien invasion, virus out of control, all that stuff. But usually there are specific movies that come to mind when you first say dystopia. Yeah, because usually if you're going with alien invasion or virus out of control, the dystopian movie takes place after that happened. This is the you know, civilization that grew up out of the alien invasion. Or this is what society did and became in order to get past that virus on the rampage. And I I don't necessarily disagree, but like I looked up a bunch of lists of, of dystopian movies and a lot of them added Blade Runner to it. And I started thinking, eh, because Blade Runner, it's not like the government oppressing people, unless you're a replicant, you know, but the people are not being oppressed by the government. It's that Earth has run out of resources. So an environmental catastrophe has happened that has caused the dystopia, if you're willing to put Blade Runner in that category. So 
yes and no. I mean, hell, I never even thought of Blade Runner before as almost post-apocalyptic. Although the way I describe it, doesn't it kind of make sense like that now? Yeah, especially the environmental disaster angle, because a lot of dystopian movies have arisen out of the limited resources of Earth, and this is what we've had to do to, to maintain those resources. Blade Runner, to me, has always been a sci-fi movie that had film noir elements. So uh, even though it could qualify as a dystopian movie, or like you said, even a post-apocalyptic movie, I've never put it in that category. Until earlier today, I'd never even kind of thought of it in those terms before. And I read the book for the first time in the late 80s, and it never quite occurred to me, this technically is a post-apocalyptic. It was just a slow, gradual apocalypse, wasn't it? Yeah, it's been a long time since I read, uh, it was uh, Android. Do uh, Android Android Dream of Electric electric Sheep? sheep. Yeah, from uh, Philip K. Dick. Yeah, it's been a long time since I read the book. I've seen the movie a lot more, but uh, only read the book like once. Before we get into some of these lists and dissecting them, why do you think we as filmgoers, or even filmmakers to be fair, are drawn to the dystopian film? Because dystopian, if it's done right, tends to be very dark, very laborious for the viewer because there's, it's usually full of details, backstory. It's usually kind of top-heavy. So why do you think that not only do they keep making them, but do we keep going to them when they're so arguably depressing? They are films that can be prescient. You know, they are films that tell us if we're not careful, this is the future we can make. They tell a very fascinating story relevant to our times and beyond. And I think that's a lot of what people see not only in retrospect but in current dystopian movies is they like that look at our culture. They like to be able to have something to debate. It causes them to think. It's more than just like a Transformers movie. It's something that inspires thought. And yes, they can be well known. They're all – depressing as they should be and i think that's the the draw to people like feeling enlightened sometimes sometimes it's not popcorn movies well as far as why we go to them they're they're good they're interesting because most of the time dystopian movies they have a little bit more effort put into them they're not just hey uh we can make an action blockbuster and we're going to make it in this really depressing atmosphere because they don't they just don't want to do that so most of the time They'll put more effort, they'll put more story, they'll put more interesting characters and character development into it. They're more engaging. Uh, So they're never done with the intention of, well, I shouldn't say never, but almost never done with the intention of appealing to the widest possible audience. As far as why they're made, it's just a really good way of telling a story. It's uh, taking an element of current culture and then multiplying that like uh strange days where uh they had taken elements of uh virtual reality and of uh police brutality and all that and then upcoming to at the time you know the year 2000 and they're showing like where our violence culture was headed to and it was a really intriguing and interesting way of telling that story so i think that they wouldn't have been able to do that if they were trying to appeal to as big an audience as possible But then why do you think that that is more interesting in the broad sense than a utopian vision like Roddenberry's Star Trek, where everybody gets along, money doesn't exist, and the only kind of conflict comes from outside? 
Well, it's it's a different beast altogether. Uh, the, the utopia that comes from Star Trek, that tends to appeal a lot more uh, to technology and uh, showing about how progression of humans uh, have gotten to a point of where we can get along peacefully, at least with each other. And it's, it's cool. Um, most of the time, though, the exception of Star Trek is Star Trek. I freaking love Star Trek. Most times... A lot of utopia, uh, utopian movies aren't very good because there's no conflict. So it's like if everybody's getting along, usually what ends up happening is they're ha- they have a utopian society and then something enters that utopian society that throws everything off balance. And then that's where the interesting stuff comes from. But most of the time, if you just have a flat out utopia, it's like, oh, everything's great. Well, all right. <laughs> there's just not a whole lot going on. As Cecil said, the Star Trek thing more applies to the tech side. There are plenty of times in Star Trek episodes they went to a dystopian world that, yes, the Federation itself was a utopia, but a lot of the places they went to were dystopian and explored a lot of the same thing themes they do in dystopian world stories. Well, you also have the same thing just sticking with Star Trek. Whereas in Roddenberry's vision of Star Trek, which would be classic Trek in the first two seasons of Next Generation, there was no conflict. Everyone got along. Racism didn't exist. The homeless problem had been dealt with. Disease had been dealt with. I think that's one of the reasons Deep Space Nine is so much more interesting, because that's all about the dark, sickening underside of what a utopia requires. Things like Section 31 would never have existed on in a Roddenberry-controlled Star Trek. They kind of needed to by the mid to late 90s when it was honestly a reflection of America at the time. So I think it was feeding off – Roddenberry was feeding off the pretty negative but you know give peace a chance bullshit of the 60s, whereas Pillar specifically was feeding off of the – uh, the 90s kind of suck. Deep Space Nine, what I specifically liked about it is that there were no happy endings. The dystopia it created basically was perfect because the Federation and a lot of those is bad. I will agree with you that Deep Space Nine had a lot of really good dystopian elements. They had good storylines. They had cool stuff going on. There were interesting angles that they played within it about how uh, they played like the uh, – the, they did a little bit more with the Frangies and it did kind of make for an interesting show. However, being better than next generation, you're out of your mind. Oh, you and I are going to have a throat on one of these days. So, uh, so. Next generation is so is better in every conceivably possible way than deep space nine. If you want bland characters that never grow and change, if you want predictable storylines where you always know how it's going to turn out, if you want no continuity, if you want a reset button, if you want the enterprise somehow being, the only spaceship in the entire Federation that ever encounters gods and wormholes and time travel and new civilizations. and That's the only ship in the entire Federation that ever has anything interesting happen to it. If that's what you want, yeah, the next generation's great. So I was looking at this list. It's on snarkarati.com. Never heard of this <laughs> website. but That's the website. I'm not making it up, Cecil. Oh, wow, that's the same one I happen to find, too. So. You found that one, too? Snarkarati. Okay. They've got the top 50 dystopian movies of all time. And like I said, some of these, I think they're stretching a little bit. Some they're dead on. Like Equilibrium. Yeah, that's, that, that's yeah, absolutely definitely. a dystopian film. Absolutely. War of the Worlds, however. 
we'll get there. Can we go in order, please? Sure. Then they got one that I don't know with Udo Kier called 1.0. Either of you familiar with that? Yeah. I've seen all 50 of these movies, Josh. I'm sure you have. But like Starship Troopers, that's one where I'm going, eh, that's almost – that one's almost the opposite of a dystopia because yeah. it, it, it's it's a utopian society when you're a citizen. So there are dystopian elements in Starship Troopers. I would not call that a dystopian film really. I really well, wouldn't. I wouldn't even call – you know, a utopia just for citizens, because even the people that aren't citizens are just happy. Like Rico's parents, they're not citizens, and they're happy and wealthy and living in Buenos Aires and having a gay old time. I would consider Starship Troopers to be more of like a military utopia. Oh, to- not not a, even remotely a dystopia. Like uh, like Alex said, it's a it's a utopian war movie. Then we've got Rollerball, the 1975 version. Yeah, that that's a dystopian movie. Well, so's the remake, but let's not talk about that one. No one wants to talk about the remake. No. Yeah, the original, fantastic. The remake, Death Race 2000. I I don't know if I'd go dystopia on that, but on the path to dystopia. It is on the path to dystopia, definitely. Then we've got Idiocracy. Again, I think it's not a good utopia, but it's hardly a dystopia. It is an absolute dystopia. It is a frightening and disturbing world that we most likely will be facing. There is nothing pleasant about that future. Except everyone in that future is happy with it. Yeah, because they're too dumb to fucking know better. (laughs) Exactly. Ow, my balls! Ow, my balls! Uh, Then we've got Strange Days. Again, that one I don't consider dystopian, but it's on the path to. It's a good percentage of the way there. So, but yeah, I mean, it's not a full dystopia, but it's pretty much, I'd say, 85% dystopia. Then, then we've got Logan's Run. That oh, Logan's Run is, is a strange one. That is an absolute dystopia that's masquerading to its people as a utopia, which I oh, think yeah. is pretty cool, actually. When they go to sanction, when they go to, to, to kill themselves at 30, it's just like, we love this! This is awesome! This is what I've lived for! Kill me! Run, runner! Yeah, the 2004 iRobot. Again, it's only a dystopia if you're a robot. So that one I don't agree with. Flat out sci-fi. Yeah, because it's only a dystopia for the robots. Uh, We got Soylent Green. Oh, absolutely a dystopia. I mean, they're freaking making people into food for people. That's a dystopia. They're shoveling people with trucks. Bulldozing their asses, yeah. Yeah, total dystopia. Probably one of the poster you know if you want to say poster children for dystopia well and then you've got 1975's a boy and his dog which it's more it's post-apocalyptic post-apocalyptic that's not a dystopia unless you count the underworld with jason robards that's a dystopia so i'd call that one a half and half depending on which half of the movie you're in I'm going to agree with you that it's it's stretching to say the whole film is dystopian when it has a dystopian portion in a post-apocalyptic film. There's also a talking dog. Technically, it's a uh, mentally projecting dog, but total uh, total post-apocalyptic movie with like a little teensy bit of uh, dystopia in there. But that's not, you know, primarily what you're focusing on when you're watching the movie. Now, the next one. No contest. The 1984 version of 1984. I think that is textbook dystopia. Literally, it's a book. The book defined dystopia. 
The next one, I'm going to have the, the same argument I had on a, on uh, iRobot, AI. It's only a dystopia if you're an AI. That's not really a dystopian world, is it? I'm going to say it kind of is because you can replace people with robots. I mean, when you, it, it's a very emotionally disconnected society to begin with. To where it's that, like, that, that female hooker bot was really hot, though. To where it's like, well, I don't need people. I got robots. Uh, we don't need to have kids. We could have RoboKid. Yeah, I'm more in that uh, it's like it is a uh, dystopian society that has evolved because of our reliance on robots. All right, that one I just don't see as dystopian, but fair enough. This next one, I'm going to say they're they're defining dystopia a little broadly. Silent running. Silent running, that's more of a environmentalist nightmare but it's not really a dystopia, is it? Kind of. It is. No, but about Silent Running, if Silent Running's going to be on here, then you know what's a better dystopian film than Silent Running that's not on this list? Wally is a good dystopian film. No, totally not a dystopia. Uh, a Scanner Darkly, I haven't actually seen all of the movies, so knowing it's Philip K. Dick, I'll just kind of go from what I have seen of it. I've seen like the first 40 minutes. It's right on the line, but if either of you have seen the full movie, it's on the path. I only saw the part where they drew uh, nipples on uh, Winona Ryder. Um, then we go to Escape from New York. I would say, yeah, Escape from New York is absolutely a dystopia. Ironically enough, I think Escape from L.A. is a more of a dystopian film, though, because things have actually gotten worse in the world between New York and L.A. And also, you see a lot more of the society of L.A. It's a dystopia within a dystopia. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally a dystopia. And then, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that, that L.A. just things went even more down the tubes. THX 1138. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that one. That one's almost that one's almost textbook in the same way 1984 is, I think. Yeah, I'm ag- I agree with you. Th- this next one, I'm going to kind of go, eh, and that's They Live, because... Technically, it's an alien invasion film, but at the same time, is it is it any kind of a real dystopia by the fact that most of these people don't even know they're being subjugated? I mean, yes, yes. it's still a dystopian, but I, I don't know. To me, They Live just doesn't seem to fit it in some vague way I almost can't articulate. Uh, they Live goes back to what I said earlier about alien invasion flicks can be a dystopia if they take place after the alien invasion happened, which They Live did. And in a lot of dystopian films, you have your your one person that can see the truth and tries to start a revolution, like V for, v for Vendetta, for instance. There's only one guy that hates that society. Everybody else is happy. And V for Vendetta is his chronicle to get everybody to, to wake up and realize how they, they're being lied to. And that's exactly what They Live is, is one person realizes, oh, shit. This is a dystopia we live in. I've got to let the other people know. Well, well, two people. Yeah, it, it's just that's more of alien invasion than anything. I wouldn't put it as a dystopia. District 13. I I've never even heard of this one before, so I pass. Oh, it's phenomenal, dude. Seriously, watch it as soon as possible. For a second, I confused it with District 9. And then I'm like, wait, District 13. Oh, yeah, that went to dystopia. Yeah, total dystopia. Now, this next one, not a chance. War of the Worlds, 1953. Not a dystopian film at all. That is a straight-out alien invasion film. I agree. There, there's yeah, nothing definitely. dystopian about it at all. 
It's a it's a great world, and then aliens just come and destroy it. But hey, we defeat the aliens, so we're back to being good again. There's there's the government itself isn't even mentioned. All you had to do was sneeze on the alien. Well, then we come to Dark City. I I don't I don't disagree that that that's a dystopian film. I just really didn't like Dark City. I I don't know. Uh, it, I, I, go fuck yourself. It's it's a dystopia, and uh, it's it's a good movie too. I didn't like it. I'm sorry. Total Recall, the 1990. I, you know what? I'm sick of having to say the original on all these movies with terrible shitty remakes, but uh, that's a rant for another time. But the 1990 Total Recall, I'd go eh, 50-50. On Earth, not a dystopia. On Mars, a dystopia. To me, it depends on what part of the movie we're talking about, Boy and His Dog style. I'm going to go back to what I said before, like with um, AI, to where... Dystopia doesn't necessarily have to mean the government, you know, like in Total Recall, the government of Mars, yes, definitely dystopian, but Total Recall, you're looking more at society itself being so disconnected from itself that it's become its own dystopia, where you could just buy memories instead of actually having to go anywhere. Yeah, I'm with Alex on that one. I think that, uh, I mean, there's so many different ways that you can perceive uh, Total Recall. I mean, the whole Mars thing may not have even really happened. So that could just be an implant from recall. And so therefore the whole dystopian element of the film like never really took place. I think that uh, there is a bit of dystopia before that, though, where they're just living on Earth and it just seems like everybody is working a job that they're not happy with. So they've created this outlet for them as kind of an appeasing them like, okay, well, uh, you've got to work a crappy uh warehouse job or whatever but you can go in here and be a superhero for x amount of dollars and that kind of you know quells the masses well then the next one again i i don't know if i would go this would be mad max i don't know if that's i mean it is societal breakdown but doesn't dystopia at least the way it's traditionally defined isn't there some sort of an organized isn't there some sort of an organization behind it and not anarchy Anarchy isn't necessarily dystopia, or am I overthinking that for Mad Max? I, I think a, a lot of people automatically, when they think Mad Max, they think post-apocalyptic. But really, Mad Max... Mad Max is kind of on the road to the... Road Warrior's post-apocalyptic. That's the thing. Road Warrior and Thunderdome are post-apocalyptic. But Mad Max is... We're not really you know there yet. So it's the, the elements that happen before the complete apocalypse... So um, it's weird. I, I don't really know what I would classify it as. It, 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 it's got cop movie elements. It's action movie. Uh, it's not it's sci-fi. It's revenge sci thriller. Yeah, it's not really, you know, dystopian. I mean, you know, I, I would just flat out call it exploitation. It's borderline. It's on the way to, which it doesn't actually make it there in the sequels, which we find out because it's post-apocalyptic in the end. Then we come to the 1959 on the beach. Again, this is basically the final days of the end of humanity. Everyone is dying. The radiation will kill everybody. I don't really consider on the beach dystopian as more of just end of the world. It's pre-apocalyptic. Well, the, the, no, the nukes have already dropped. It is post-apocalyptic. You know, yeah. the radiation is coming. It's It's not dystopian at all because... It's a depressing world because everybody's going to die. Yeah, there's there's no salvation in this. It's only how long can we last. 
you know, and what are we going to do when the end comes? It's depressing, yeah, but it's not dystopia. There's not even a government structure. It's just like some people that are like, okay, you know, what do we do? To me, on a side note, when I read the book, doesn't it tear your heart out when they have to smother their baby as the cloud is coming? Yes, and I had to read that book three times in high school. It's basically, this is how humanity dies. Humanity <laughs> dies with a whimper, not a bang. Yeah, and it's it's what makes it so sad, because I had actually read a bunch of real, like, slam-bang action post-apocalyptic books, and then somebody has suggested this, and it's just like, Oh, like there's no mutants in this. There's no cool, uh, you know, psionic it's just powers. just people dying of radiation poisoning. Oh, <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of crying and vomiting and dying. I'm like, this sucks. I mean, it's it's fantastic book, but just yeah, I mean, it sucks because it's so depressing. Now Fahrenheit 451, absolutely dystopian. No, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Definitely dystopia. Uh, and, you know, I actually just realized something. There's one that is, is a great dystopia that absolutely positively I doubt will be on this list. And you're probably going to yell at me. <laughs> I have not even read this list yet, so I'm seeing these as they come. Because i got a couple in my head that I'm thinking better be on this list. Uh, I'm going to throw the apple in there. And say that. <laughs> really? Kalan and Globus is the apple. That's a dystopia. It's, it's a stupidia. <laughs> Uh, oh. Then we got to another film, I, I will say, is is on the way to dystopia, but it's another film that I'm sure Alex is going to throw a swear word at me for. I did not like Gattaca at all. It's underrated. It's it's a hard movie to like, I guess. And everybody tells me how uh, just fantastic and thought-provoking, and I'm like, frankly, I was bored. I thought the characters were paper thin, and the plot was boring. Gattaca's really good. Of course you'd say that. Well, and then we come to... Not not the Metropolis that we're, we're all thinking of from Lang, but the 2001 Metropolis from Rintaro. That's absolutely a dystopia dystopian film. Yes. Okay, I've seen Langs a lot, and like during one of million viewings of Fritz Lang's Metropolis, this was on Netflix. I'm like, oh, let me watch this anime remake, which isn't even an anime remake. I got it's, like... it's not a remake so much as a borderline retelling, but we change 90 percent of it. Yeah, I made it about 20 minutes into this. I'm like, ah, and I just watched Metropolis, the Fritz Lang one again. I couldn't get into this movie, so it might be a dystopia. I don't know. Then we've got V for Vendetta, which we've already discussed, so we'll skip that through that one. Planet of the Apes. Uh, yeah and no. I'd say the original Poda is, if you're a human, yeah, it's a dystopia, but... I don't know. I'm I'm on the fence with Poda. It could also be a dystopia if you're an ape. Look at their their rigidly cast society with the orangutans in charge, and the orangutans are hiding the truth from everybody. They they know what's in the forbidden zone, and all the monkeys, you know, chimpanzees are scientists, and oh, gorillas are just relegated to be a brute army task force. I mean, it's it's a very dystopian government setup that the apes have there. You do also get the uh, real-world racial connotations behind that caste system, right? Oh, oh definitely, with how white the orangutans are. The, the orangutans are white, the scientists, chimpanzees, are Jews, and the gorillas, soldiers, are blacks. It's a pretty thin allegory, actually. Then we've got, I've never seen, I've only ever seen previews for City of Lost Children from 95, so I'm going to pass on this one. 
I it's a weird topia. I didn't know if it was a dystopia or not. I actually have seen it, and I have the video game adaptation of it. Bizarre, but total uh, dystopia. With Ron Perlman and his like horribly pronounced French. No, we, we no we go to one of the ones that I was saying better be on this list. 1988's Akira. That's a dystopia through and through, and that's a government impl- government implemented dystopia. So Akira, absolutely a dystopian film. Then we come to RoboCop. Again, I don't know if this is Robo if RoboCop is such so much a dystopia. Yes, it is. As it's more of a society run amok, which is no, which to me are to me are those two things are not the same. No, it's a society that's run amok because of the horrible dystopia they live in. It's not really run amok either. I mean, it's a corporate dystopia. The, the corporations have taken over and imposed their will on the people. That's the dystopia. And the people, they fight back in their own way by turning Detroit into just a slum. The rampant crime is their way of sticking it to the man. Well, and then we come to the 2000 Battle Royale, which, yeah, I'll, I'll give you this one. Most definitely. The book more so. The book really gets more into the, the society that causes, that created Battle Royale. I've never read the book, so I can't speak to that one way or the other. Isn't this that movie that ripped off the Hunger Games? I th- I thought so. Or no, no that was the running man. <laughs> that, was the, that was the running man that somehow went back in time. and uh. Just because you saw the more popular thing first doesn't make it a ripoff. Yet we've got another anime, Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, I would call that this I would put right in in that same I don't know if it's so much dystopia. This is more of in and it may be on this list later, but Johnny Mnemonic where it's on the path to dystopia, but it's not there yet. It, it could kind of go either way cuz they were on the path to dystopia, but the the way they the were techno- also trying to avoid it too. But that's that's, that's what I'm guys. saying. So it could, you know, the, the future of it could go either way. So really, it's not a total dystopia. It's They're actually trying to prevent the dystopia. And then we got Pleasantville. I'm like, really? Really, it is. I, I don't know if I would consider it a dystopia. It's a dystopia. It's these people that it's are It's an so... idealized 1950s white America. It, it is this, yeah, it's a horrible version of the idealized 1950s america it's all white it's white america and they're they're so ignorant to everything that it's follow idiocracy where they're too stupid to know that they've made a dystopia and along comes you know toby mcguire who's basically like roddy piper and they live his job is to wake everybody up to let them see what kind of fucked up world they're living in then we come to serenity which trust we didn't sit in this one out um, Serenity absolutely would be because, yeah, I mean, I know the, the hell, it, them them keeping everything that happened on Miranda secret is dystopian right then and there. We come to 12 Monkeys, a fantastic film. Everything in the future is dystopian. Everything in the past slash present is not. So 50-50. It's one of those ones I mentioned like before where the dystopia takes place post-virus. I mean, most of the movie takes place pre-virus, but... Yeah, they're they're trying the whole movie to go back and fix things so that they don't have the uh, the dystopia. So, yeah, it's... Uh, but, I mean, but still, the good chunk of the film is the dystopian future where they're, you know, trying to, ha- you know, have them stop it. But, yeah, definitely dystopia. Alphaville, 1965, by Godard. Eh... 
Yeah, I'll give I'll give this one. Well, yeah, dictator scientist. Definitely. I mean, it's actually proto one of the prototypical dystopians when you really think about it. I mean, on film, leaving the book of 1984 out, which had been turned into a movie with a freaking happy ending in 1956 for no apparent reason. Uh, then we've got The Trial, the Orson Welles film from 62. I don't... It, based on the Kafka novel, I haven't seen this since I was a kid. I honestly don't remember a damn the thing. The Trial is where we get the term Kafka-esque. Because it's, he wakes up and he's suddenly on trial and he has no idea what he's accused of. Because that's just the way the government works. That they can try you for whatever they want and you're guilty until proven innocent. But you won't be proven innocent because you don't know what to prove yourself against. And you know what? That's kind of the way the judicial system was with suspected terrorists. I mean, it is a sign of the future. Uh, I saw it so long ago. Uh, I honestly wouldn't have a good opinion on, on either way. Well, then we come to, and I am not a Woody Allen fan in the least, so I did not like Sleeper. I, I don't know, can you have a dystopian future if you are making a specific comedy to make fun of dystopian futures? Is that too meta or not meta enough? I don't think it's really meta, because dystopia wasn't really a popular thing when Woody Allen made that movie. I think he's like, let's make this dystopia and be wacky about it. So it's technically a dystopian movie, but it's just not one that takes itself seriously. Yeah, it's a dystopian comedy. Then we come to Delica Delicatessen. Haven't seen it, so I pass. Okay, um, it's dystopia. It's But it's not like the government forces people to do stuff. It's just that there's no more food, so let's eat, folks. Kind of yeah. soiling, soiling greenish. Yeah, it's soiling green, but it's not the government saying tricking people into eating each other it's more of like people have accepted the fact that the only way we're going to survive is if we eat folks well so then isn't what about texas chainsaw massacre and motel hell no because they can't eat other stuff if they wanted to this is their only choice is eat somebody else in this apartment building or starve to death well then what about no blade of grass which might still be on this list but what about no blade of grass that might still be on this list yeah, Delicatessen also had elements of uh, post-apocalypse in there, too, because there was, you know, their apocalypse by running out of food. So by rampant cannibalism, like I'd say 60-40 dystopia apocalypse. Next one. Absolutely. Minority Report. Definitely. A absolutely. There, there's no there's no debate on that one, I don't think. Then we come to we've already discussed it, so we can pretty much just gloss over it. Road Warrior. Which is really, I think, more post-apocalyptic than dystopian. Unless you want to count the humongous as some sort of an organization that's holding down the, the oil derricks. Just walk away. Walk away! Just walk away! It's po I thought that was just what Australia was like. If you leave Sydney, that's what happens. Then we've got The Matrix. I, again, I don't know. Because it's, it, it's, it's definitely post-apocalyptic, and they are being oppressed in pretty much every way possible. But but dystopia implies a society, and there the is. machines it's... do not have a society that the humans truthfully exist in. The oh, Matrix this... is not reality, though. This is what, another one of the dystopians that takes place after the invasion, or in this case, the takeover of the robots. And the robots do have a society that the people are in. I mean, they interact with the robots several times. 
and in fact that the conclusion to the trilogy is making a truce where they 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 share the place together no the the the, con- the conclusion of the trilogy is an ass pull that uh, that is an ass pull of epic proportions yeah it is an ass pull but still that's just the way it ends i mean we can't pretend it ended a different way that's what they chose to be the ending that they they make a compromise and they share the society together, which makes it more of the robots are a definite part of the society. Dystopia with, you know, I would say it also takes place after the apocalypse because, well, the robot apocalypse. And it could be the only film trilogy in history that ended specifically to set up the video game. Like they they very cleverly engineered the ending so that it would be open Did just enough. Did you just enough. say anything about the Matrix sequels were clever? No, 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 no. Well, okay. Yeah, you're going to have to you're going to either have to back that up with facts or shut up. Well, what I mean was okay, not cleverly, but uh they very uh I don't want not ingeniously. Okay, they wanted to rob people <laughs> deliberately. <laughs> deliberately, thank you. They wanted to deliberately set up this open sequel so that it would tie right into the MMO, which, which no one cared about. No one cared about, and it shut down a few years later. Then we go to Children of Men. No doubt. That's a dystopia. Total there's, dystopia. There's some others that aren't on this list that are a lot like Children of Men. Children of Men is the best of the movies I'm about to mention here, but there's a lot of dystopian movies about women can't have babies. There's The Handmaid's Tale, Fortress, Children 2019. Well, Fortress, Fortress is Fortress isn't they can't have babies, they're limited in their babies and and who can. Well, and then we come to Blade Runner, which we've already discussed, so I'm going to whip past that. Then we got Wings of Desire. I have never seen this, so I pass. I've I'm going to pass. <laughs> None of us have seen it, so we all pass on that one. And it's well, not that I, old either. I, I, it's 87. <laughs> I read the description and I'm like, two angels wander in a mixture of post. Ah, fuck it, to angels. <laughs> Brazil, absolutely a dystopia. Especially if you get the real ending, it's even more dark than the than the freaking theatrical version. Definitely, it's a dystopia. And we got Clockwork Orange. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There, I'd agree with that. Although th- that's along the lines of the same kind of systematic breakdown dystopia of Mad Max. I don't know about Clockwork Orange. You don't get to know the government behind this too much beyond right. what they're it, trying it, to do to all, stop crime. All, yeah, it's all implications. I mean, yes, they come up with this way to, to brainwash Alex, but it doesn't work, so they stop. I mean, they're like, that was a bad idea. Let's not do this. This, this is bad to do to people. I mean, in a dystopia, they would have just said, we don't care if it's bad to do to people. Keep doing it. Um, yeah, I, I don't see it as being a dystopia. I see it as just being a messed up future. All right. Then we go to the number one on this list, Metropolis, the 1927 Fritz Lang. Absolutely. Um, this is almost as prototypical as 1984, in all honesty. They've got a lot of honorable mentions on this list, though. Yeah, one of their honorable mentions is one of the ones that I was about to... F- go there's how do you freaking not have the running man on this but we'll get to the running man let's go metropolis right now i love metropolis that's one of my favorite movies fritz lang's metropolis is goddamn marvelous and yes it is a dystopia definitely even in an even cooler one with the marauder's queen score 
No, I like the original score. I love the original score to Metropolis. I, the, the original. I like the Marauder version. Or rather, better, remastered, but... where they just cleaned it up and made the music sound cleaner. But no, I'm not going with any other score other than the one that Fritz Lang had when he originally conceived this movie. Yeah, total dystopia. Absolutely, uh, definitely one of the textbook examples. And then for their honorable mentions, they've got Code Forty Six, which I don't know that one from two thousand three. I've actually heard of it, but I've never seen it. We got the Omega Man, not a dystopia at all. That's an end of the world film. That's post-apocalyptic. Yeah, Omega Man's not a dystopia at all. Silly. It's post-apocalyptic. Then we come to the Running Man, which I think is a is a really <laughs> prescient one and one that I know Alex wants to talk about because he just read both the book and watched the movie again for the yeah. first time in years. Book is way better than the movie, but the book movie is way but well, it's different. They're two completely different beasts. The movie is fun. The movie is a fun action film that has a dystopia, and it says what it wants to about the dystopia, especially as far as game shows go. That's mostly what the movie is going for, is what we find in TV entertainment and the way the TV controls us. Fun movie. The book is a lot goes a lot more into the society than just the, the TV. Absolutely a dystopia. Uh, this actually... It should have been on the list somewhere. I would have put it, uh, you know, not down in the top ten, but definitely up there. I, I think it, it's uh, it's more of a – it does not deserve an honorable mention. Running Man should be on the list more than a few of their other ones. Because to me, Running Man, absolutely dystopia. Especially – and I'm just talking the movie here. There are all these little hints to just how much everyone is is repressed. Like, like that line – you know, keep yourself out of trouble. Stop trying to teach the street punks the Constitution. That clues to a much larger world, I believe. The world that it clues into is the world that's actually explored in the book. Well, and there's no honorable mention on here for hardware. I think, even though Alex didn't like it, Cecil, you'd agree with me that hardware should be on this list. Goddamn better believe it. And that shouldn't even have been an honorable mention. Hardware is a dystopia through and through. The population control bots of the Mark 13, the the regulations, the the fact that they regulate who can have children, how many children, what you can do with them. It that, that's a dystopia through and through. And then, well, no, no blade of grass made the honorable mentions because hey, they one, got Avalon on there. I've seen that. I have not seen Avalon, so that one I I can't uh, comment on. On Avalon. One that I'm surprised didn't even make the honorable mentions, maybe because I think it was a TV miniseries, would be Brave New World. Because that's an absolute dystopia, but I don't know if they disqualified that because I think that was a four-hour TNT miniseries, if I'm not mistaken. It, no, it was just a TV movie. It wasn't even a miniseries. Okay. I just I, I do remember seeing previews for that. So. But it's based off the book. Right. That, that's which, why I'm which... saying. That's why I'm saying they may have disqualified that because it was made for TV. What well, about Zardoz, though? Zardoz, yeah, no, Zardoz would qualify. Actually, I really do think it it would. Yeah, I would think Zardoz would. Uh, I was going to go back to uh, the the TV movie of uh, Brave New World. Possibly that it wasn't good. Well, okay. I mean, the, the, yes, it was a piece of crap. I get that, but still. Hey, you know what else is dystopian that's not on this list? Dread. Yes. Well, th- th- this list, actually, they had to do an update at the bottom. I don't think Dread was okay. out when they made Judge this list. Judge Dredd. So. Then. Judge Dredd, mm-hmm. that actually would qualify if not for the it sucks part. Hell, Demolition Man? 
Yeah, I was actually thinking, I was wondering if they were going to put Demolition Man on there. You know, I've considered Land of the Dead, not the others that come before Land of the Dead. Those oh, no, are, Land of the Dead, no, I'll absolutely agree with you. The Kaufman character, he he's a stereotypical dystopian leader. Yeah, um, you know, Night, Dawn, Day of the Dead, those are post-apocalyptic zombie movies. Land of the Dead is a dystopian society that happens to be, you know, there's zombies a zombie outside. Film. There's zombies outside roaming around, but the majority of the movie is this dystopian society. And I would absolutely add Dread to this list as well. And to a degree, now, I don't know if, because we only see one one really square block in the movie, Assault on Precinct 13. I don't know. It feels Ooh, dystopian. No. Yeah, but I, I think that's more just a movie that could kind of take place in Detroit to a certain degree. You know, not necessarily a dystopia, just a really, really bad area. Or South Central LA. You know, it's well, it just was a bad L- area. It was in LA. I can't yes, remember where. I can't remember in LA where in LA assault took place, but it was Los Angeles. It was specifically a updated version of Rio Bravo. Oh yeah, he's Carbon is unapologetic about him stealing. Yeah, Rio Bravo was not dystopia. We went through this list, but. What what draws you to dystopian movies? Why do you like dystopian films specifically? Specifically, I like them because most of them try to show us the possible future we have in store if, you know, we don't change what we're doing now. Idiocracy is a perfect example of that, you know, because that's something that everybody can conceivably change in their lifetime. Unlike government ones. Are you where... saying you actually want to know why that butt is farting? No, I never want to have to ask that question. Are, are you saying we should put toilet water on our plants? Yes. But Brondo has what plants crave. Bullshit. It's got and, electrolytes. And, and you know what? Just totally not even screwing around. I would so vote for Mountain Dew Camacho if he were a real candidate. The, the thing with dystopia is kind of like what I said earlier. An interesting look at a possible future. And usually it's when things have gone down the toilet. It's interesting because they put more effort into the characters and the world that it inha- that they inhabit. And it's just it's just cool. Like there's something unique about that. And then either the people trying to fix it or simply survive particular mess. It's kind of like um, similar but different to why I like post-apocalyptic movies. See, I, I'm I'm drawn to the dystopian because I tend to see the political allegory because most dystopian films have some sort of a political agenda. You've got ones that are pushing a right-wing agenda. You have ones that are pushing a left-wing agenda. You have socialist movies. Usually when you go to a dystopia, it's to push an agenda of look how bad it will be if such and such gets in power, if such and such party gets in power, if such and such event happens that we want to avoid. And I think that's that's one of the reasons I'm drawn to Brazil. I think Brazil is such a, a beautiful, it's, it's almost a disgustingly beautiful film because it shows just what happens when we stop caring on a personal level and we let everything get automated and not in a Terminator kind of way, just in a, well, the computer knows what's right kind of way. That's why I'm drawn to that kind of thing. 
So before Cecil takes over the world and starts oppressing all of us, where could they find his work? You can find me at goodbadflix.com as well as geekjuicemedia.com. When Alex Jowski helps join the resistance and ironically enough is the first person to get killed, where would they find him? Tank Girl is a dystopian movie. Geekjuicemedia.com. Tank Girl's a piece of crap, too. No, it isn't. Geekjuicemedia.com. And you can find me fighting the good fight. I won't give up fighting for what's right at 1201beyond.com as well as geekjuicemedia.com. Yeah, Lori Petty and her tank will squash your fight, Josh. Kangaroo iced tea.
Radio Drome is a 1201 Beyond production. Visit 1201beyond.com for more great shows.